Hey everybody, welcome to Salem Fields Community Church and whether you're a regular or if it's your first time with us, we are so glad that you're here today. And though we continue to really be in this crazy time with the pandemic and we may be physically in separate places, we're together in this and we're together today. And today we're in the second part, the second part of our new series we kicked off last week that we're calling Everything's Changed because what's changed? Everything right? But did you know that Jesus's disciples encountered many of the same feelings and the same questions that we face? And they didn't understand that Jesus had risen from the tomb and that his resurrection was this moment in history that really changed everything. But in this series, we're looking at the 40 days after Jesus's resurrection as he meets these disciples one by one, propelling them to this new reality, which changed something even bigger than and so today, Pastor Jason is going to talk about something that many of us face in the face of change, something that one of Jesus' disciples had to come to terms with in the days following Jesus' resurrection. And that thing is doubt. And I want to invite you to check in on social media, share a picture of y'all worshiping from Couch Church today, right? Or add a comment from a, or a quote from today. Um, maybe it's a lyric from one of our songs, because you never know whose day you might change. And if it's your first time with us, or if you've been with us before, we really want to hear from you guys. So on the main live stream page, there's a button to fill out a connection card. You can just click that and help us out in the note section there, add a prayer request, or share something that you're thankful for in this time of change. You can also just take out your phone real quick and just email us at care at salemfields.com. We really want to hear from you. And I want to encourage you to continually give faithfully in your tithes and offerings too. And there's a number of ways you can do that electronically. First and easiest is the text to give option with the number that's listed at the bottom of your screen. Or you can also give through the website, through the give button on the live stream page, or you can just go old school and mail in your check or drop it off at the church office. We have a special box that's there for that. And giving and generosity are not church dues, but rather it's a way that we reflect God's generosity to us. And we believe that God blesses those who give with a joyful heart. Well, one last thing, we're kicking off a special kids ministry program on Sundays at 10.20 a.m., followed by a program for students at 10.35 a.m. So be sure to tune in to salemfields.com live for that. So we're grateful to be able to gather here together today because while everything's changed, we know that one thing indeed remains the same, and that's our God.
They're powerful. Look where my chains are now. Death has no hold on me. Your grace holds me now. Praise the Lord. Everything's changed since Jesus came, and I surrendered to him. He broke the chains of sin that had me bound, and he holds me in his grace. Don't you just love that? I think the disciples were thinking about that when they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and open the scriptures to us. That's our memory verse for last week coming into today. And today we'll start a new verse that Pastor Jason will mention in his sermon in a few moments. But right now I wanna say how excited I am. In fact, we serve the God who can help our hearts burn within us, who can really change us and set us free. And today we have a scripture verse from 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 22, where I believe King David was virtually shouting how great, how great are you, sovereign Lord. There is no one like you, and there is no God but you. Praise the Lord. Let's continue to worship him as we sing. Who can melt the hardest heart and speak life into my soul? Spill the world out. 
No one but you, Lord, no one but you. I want all of you. You know, there's good news because God says, okay. But he also says, and I want all of you. You know, if you're gonna have all of God, he's gotta have all of you, all of your love, all of your time, your talents and your treasures. And so I wanna encourage you, spend time with God in prayer. Take time to be holy. Read your Bible, have devotions with your family. Serve him with your talents and your gifts. Every one of you is endued from God with special gifts and talents that he wants to use to help people find Jesus. Use those talents in the church. Also use them in your community. In fact, why don't you just decide to pastor your neighborhood? Why don't you be the pastor of wherever you live and the folks all around you? You know, we're encouraging everybody to do prayer walks in their neighborhood to stop in front of the houses and pray. And if you know your neighbors, or you see some of them, of them along the way as you walk, why don't you just stop and, stop and pray with them and see if they need any help with anything. Ask them some questions, get to know them. You don't know what might open up. God will bless. You know, he's the great God who created this beautiful world. He's got big things for every one of us. If we'll be faithful to him, he'll give them to us. We can receive them. So let's be people who give him our time and our talents and also people who give him our treasure, our tithes, our offerings, the things he's blessed us with financially. We want to give those things as offerings back to God. Sure, coronavirus and some of the economic challenges are upon us, but we still want to be faithful as God moves us to give our tithes and offerings. So I encourage you to find your way to give and be involved in the work of God's kingdom in every way you possibly can. Time talents, treasures. Let's talk to him right now. Lord, we're so glad you love us. It's so good to be your kids. I'm outside here in this beautiful place and I just feel your presence. You created all this. I see that tree across the street. and I just say, my God is real. I see that bird flying in the air and I say, can't be an accident. My God created that. And I'm so thankful that you know and love me and I want to serve you. Speak to us in this service. Bless Pastor Jason as he speaks to us. And may our hearts be filled. May they be stirred and burned within us as we hear the things of God in this service and open our hearts to all you have for us. We love you, Lord. We ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Isn't it good to be a child of the King? Open your heart and listen as Pastor Jason Mueller speaks to us now. Well, welcome to Salem Fields Community Church. Uh, I hope that you're having a great week. Um, today, I thought we'd kind of start off with a little bit of a fun experiment that you can actually do at home with your friends and family uh, that are out gathered around. We'll have notes for you later. I kind of increased the amount of things that we're using today just so that it's easier for us to see today. Um, but we're using what you need for this experiment are just some water, uh, rubbing alcohol, um, at 70% or higher and some regular old table salt here that we have here um, and a Sharpie uh, Now in order for this experiment to make sense now, don't worry. I know 
rubbing alcohol, it's uh, kind of this hot item on the grocery store like that. But hey, even after this experiment, you can pour off the rubbing alcohol um, and you can reuse it. What today we're going to demonstrate is, is that you can actually um, separate rubbing alcohol and water. And so the magic marker is simply just kind of giving it some color. And you can take this later on and mix it with some um, aloe vera and you can make your own hand sanitizer. It'll be nice and colorful. So um, we're going to do that today. Kind of mix that up, stir it up a little bit. And then we can see here that we have our solution, right? Our solution of, of, of water and rubbing alcohol there. Now, it says one quarter cup to one quarter cup. I actually used a cup and a half of water and a cup and a half of rubbing alcohol, but for the demonstration purposes. And then what it is is for, um, I have here to equal that amount, I have a total of six uh, tablespoons of salt. And see, we, we tend to want to have live our lives in a way that we have to have be proof. We want to see to believe. You know, that's kind of the, the, the nature of our, our ourselves is, is this, is the see to believe. And so, um, you know, what we see is that we see that the, the water and the, that had mixed to blue, but we want, it, we want it to believe that it will separate here. And it's going to take a little time and stirring of, of, of this, but hopefully we'll get a good illustration of what we're trying to prove. Last week's sermon, um, we talked about and how we kicked off the series is everything's changed. Everything's changed um, is, is kind of how the disciples and um, were feeling after uh, Jesus had uh, died and his body resurrected from the grave. Everything had changed for them. Much like what we're experiencing today, everything's changing. Um, just like this uh, experiment before me, everything's starting to change. If you can see, the water level is starting to straight down. Get a little bit wider down here at the bottom, and we'll let this kind of mix together and settle. And hopefully we'll see in just a minute how this will, will separate. So everything's changed over, over time. You know, everything's changed for the disciples. It changed for, for us. It's changed for you and me for this time of uh, coronavirus. Um, we can see that everything started to change. You know, um, we, we wanted to, to be able to prove that. You see right here the experiment. Look at that. Right there. You can see that the rubbing alcohol, which was dyed blue, has now come to the top and the water has stayed below. We've got salt water down below. So seeing is believing that we can believe that you can separate water from uh, the rubbing alcohol by just stirring it there. We believe that now because we saw it happen. Now, seeing is believing is what the saying goes, but sometimes it's better off to believe when we can't see, and we're going to get into that today. But before we dive into the whole um, what happens with times of uncertainty and doubt, we're going to recap what happened last week. Again, we're kicking off our series uh, last week with Everything's Changed. And last week, Pastor Chris talked to us about how on the road to Emmaus um, that these two disciples had this encounter with Jesus. Um, they didn't know it was Jesus at first, but the, during the conversation, they learned that it was. And so when we hit these detours in life, we learned that there's three important things. First is that we need to grieve. Second is that we need to pay attention. And then third is that sometimes we need to go back, just like the disciples learned that they needed to go back. See, for us today, everything's changed. 
Over the past few weeks, we've we've all experienced this COVID nineteen um, thing and pandemic, and everything's changed. Um, we've we've as a church, we've experienced that we're in this transition. That our pastors, Buddy and Game Arson, um, they're not they're they've retired, and now we're in this search for a new pastor. Um, and and Pastor Jerome has come in as our interim, so he's there, and so everything's changed. And so during these times of changes, it's it's important to try to to learn some key things on how to navigate change. Um, you know, just like the disciples did after the, the, the resurrection of Jesus. During change, we are left feeling these moments of, of fear, of hopelessness, um, fear of uh, this, you know, these feelings of uncertainty, and, and even doubt. You know, for some, during this time of COVID-19, we've had people that have been sick, We've had people that have died. We've had people that have um, lost their jobs. Uh, there's there's this uncertainty of businesses that have closed. Are they going to stay open? When is our, when are we going to open up? Is the new norm? What's that going to look like when everything settles? You know, we have these moments of uncertainty. See, when it comes to uncertainty and doubt, I think we can we can identify a few key things about our humanity. A few key things about our humanity is this, is that, that we are nature, naturally, a lot of us have doubts. And, 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 and we all are going to face times of uncertainty in our humanity. But the, we have a couple common flaws that, that arise. You see, as humans, we are these emotional and complex beings. This is both good, but yet it can be bad as well. It's easy to think of uh, us in these times of, of how do we handle this? I mean, we allow the fear and doubt to creep in and grab hold of us. That's not a very good thing. You see, this, this trait was passed down through one of the disciples that we're going to talk about today, and his name's Thomas. See, Thomas, um, it, it, as we get into him, we're going to learn more about Thomas' story. There's one point in the story of Thomas in the book of John where we finally find out that he is really kind of brave. He should have been known as Thomas the Brave because he was really to, to go and be there with Jesus when he went back into Jerusalem to, 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 for um, his friend Lazarus when he knew that people wanted to hurt him and cause him harm. You see, sometimes we, we are braver than others, but other times we, we scramble with that. You know, um, another couple things that we have is, is, is our, our belief that we need to see before we believe. And, and that's a flaw sometimes. You know, it's great to have proof. It's great to be able to put our hands on things and, and to, to see if, um, if we can believe without uh, seeing. But um, we, we want to have that physical evidence, just like before us this morning in, in this experiment that we kicked off the, the, the sermon with today, is that we wanted, this, we wanted to see visual proof that we could separate water and rubbing alcohol. And, and we were able to do that by seeing it. But why couldn't we just take that at face value of belief? But... See, that's part of our human nature, and that's a flaw. You know, it comes to doubt, it's, it's important for us to understand that doubt and faith can't go together. One of my favorite people, and it, it can be controversial, whatever, but I am a fan of Oprah Winfrey. I've always been a fan of Oprah, and um, I really appreciate what some of the things that she's done. And one quote that I found of her, is, it's amazing, is this, and I think it goes so true for today's message, as this, is that 1% of doubt equals zero percent of faith think about that it's okay for us to be uncertain and uncertainty and doubt can go hand in hand but when we doubt that means we're not trusting god when we have one percent that's just a, 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 even a fraction of a percent of doubt that means we have zero faith that god's going to see us through this 
Today we're going to kind of dive into a key passage of Scripture. And so if you have your Bibles with you, um, it can come up on your screen. We're going to go to the, the book of John, one of the fourth Gospels. And, and it's interesting, in this book of John, we're going to talk about one of the disciples named Thomas. It's the only book of the Bible that Thomas is mentioned in. And it, it, it's, a, it's a powerful uh, story. Now, we're going to go to uh, John uh, chapter 20, starting in verse 24 to 29. It says here, Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told them, we have, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I have seen the nails marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood with them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord, my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me, and yet believed. Wow. What a powerful um, story in just five short verses of this gospel. I want to give you a little background here this morning on, the, on Thomas. See, Thomas was called Thomas of Didymus, which meant in the Greek, and means in the Arabic, um, that of twin. Thomas was a twin brother. He, he's, he was known, as many of us would refer to him today, as Doubting Thomas. When you are called a Doubting Thomas, um, this is why you're called Doubting Thomas. Because you have doubt. You need to see to believe um, is kind of where it is. You see, only in the Gospel of John is, is, um, is Thomas uh, referenced. He's referenced uh, in John um, chapter 11, verse 8. He's, he's references the disciples reminding Jesus how the religious leaders were out to kill him. This is just after Jesus had heard the story about how um, his, his friend Lazarus was dead, and he wanted to go and be with Lazarus. But yet the, the Jewish leaders, the religious leaders, they wanted to kill Jesus. And, and Thomas says, uh, Jesus, you know they want to kill you. And Jesus decides that he wants to go, and, um, and then Thomas goes on to say later, then, then we shall go, and uh, if you're going to die, we're going to die too. And it was like he was going to stand and fight for, with Jesus. Very brave um, action to be taken, but yet, in a few chapters later, we read about his doubt. Wasn't very brave, was he? He was kind of stuck in, in that. Uh, we also know that Thomas um, also had questions. He had a lot of questions. Um, and during this, we read in John chapter 14, we talk about, or Jesus says, I go and I prepare a place for you. Well, Thomas says, Why, where are you going? How do we get there? You know, he, he has these questions. So he's gone from being brave to kind of questioning um, Jesus. And Jesus says, with the most sincerity, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can get to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know the Father as well. For now on, you do know him because you have seen him. See, Jesus, Thomas was also questioning. You know, it's important for us to understand that, that in these times of uncertainty, that Thomas 
just like how we can be like Thomas, that we um, need to remind ourselves that God is in control, that he is going to be our security.
song about how it's Jesus is our security and these times of uncertainty he's, he's our security I mean could it be possible that during these times of that uh, things are uncertain and that maybe we have a little bit of doubt that Jesus could meet us there just like he met those disciples last week on the road as they kind of were running out of Jerusalem maybe in fear and they had a detour I believe that we can we can see that I believe that Jesus can meet us during the times where everything seems to be changing around us. You see, experiencing change is not easy or comfortable. It's natural for us to feel uncertain about what comes next or even doubt if things are going to get better. I mean, if, I have, if I'm being 100% transparent as we transition um, from Pastors Buddy and Gay to whoever that next uh, permanent leader is in place at Salem Fields, it, it's, there's times of uncertainty. I don't know what that holds. I don't know what that means. And, and there's absolutely some times where I want to have control of that. But yet, you know what? It's not up to me. It's really not up to the board. It's up to God and who's going to take that spot. It's our, our dependency comes on him. That's where we can find our security. Not in anybody here at the church um, can we find security. Yes, we can bring words of comfort. We can try to try, try to walk with you through this. But yet, true security only comes from that of Jesus. You see, it's often in times of uncertainty and things have changed when we have, are left with all kinds of questions. I mean, we might ask ourselves, find ourselves asking, like, how did I end up in this place that I am right now? Or, or is this ever going to end? I mean, really. I mean, we can watch it on the news now. People are wondering, is this COVID lockdown ever going to end? Is there going to be a time when we can go back out to the beach or wherever? You know, I was just reading the news and just seeing how the governor of Virginia is saying that, oh, it may not, the beaches may not be open for the 4th of July. When are things going to go back to normal? It is, we ask ourselves, will everything work out? We ask the question, am I ever going to figure out the direction that I'm supposed to go? You know, I found myself asking that question quite often um, 
in, in my life, in my journey, because I want to be obedient to what it is that I'm supposed to do for God. But yet I can find myself in these times of uncertainty and I want to have the answers, but yet God's trying to lead me in a way and I, I have to be obedient to that. I can't see where I'm going, but I have to trust that God's taking me there. You see, what's normal going to look like after all of this? And then there's some of us out there that are even asking this very question. As we see people losing their jobs, as we see that it's hard to find certain uh, items in the grocery store, as we see that um, the economy kind of has this, uh, this downward spiral that looks like it's going on, as we see people getting sick and we see people dying from this disease, we ask the question, where is God? And are, is there anything wrong with these questions? Absolutely not. It's no, nothing wrong with asking questions. You see, Jesus cares about us. God cares about us. We can learn through the story of Thomas, not from just what we are reading today, our key scripture today, but going back and what I shared is that we can learn that Jesus cares about your questions. I mean, he demonstrates that in the conversation that he has with Thomas. Thomas said to him in John 14, 5, he says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? The way that Jesus spoke to the disciples, it was often um, vague. We didn't know the emotion or in which he, he may have said to uh, the, the disciples in conversation how he was expressing it. It wasn't until much later that they understood what he was really trying to tell them and a lot of the things that he was saying, but that doesn't mean that he didn't care about their questions. At one point, Jesus tells the disciples, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. He, I think he was understanding that they were starting to feel this grieved and this uncertainty of all that was going on. And he says, you believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms for you. If it was not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place that I'm going. See, Jesus was here in a conversation. I think he was trying to bring comfort because he knew there's this time of uncertainty coming for his disciples, just like there's this time of uncertainty that's happening for you and me. It, even though it was obvious that, that G Thomas was missing the greater point here. When, when Thomas asked the question, he asked that question of, of, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus, I think, takes compassion upon the question. In all sincerity, see, as a matter of fact, Jesus delivers a, a very profound message to Thomas in this time of questioning that's also there for you and me today. You know, we might have asked that question, where are you, God? Where is God? Well, he's right there with us. And how do we get to where God's trying to take us, or how do we get to where God is, is that we, we take uh, notice of the words Jesus says to Thomas. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him because you've seen him. See, his disciples got to see who God was. Where was God? God was with them. God was with them. God's with us now. We may not be able to see him, but God is with us now. And I think we're going to find here in just a few moments that because of this God not being with us now, and if we believe that we're going to be 
more blessed because of that faith. You see, something else that we can understand and uh, that, that we need to remind ourselves of is how do we um, navigate the times of uncertainty and doubt when we're experiencing change is that we need to remember that community matters. Community matters. I know we're social distancing and they're like, how, how, Jason, how can we say community matters when we can't even be together as a church right now in a building? Um, it, but that, but you know what? We are gathered. We may be gathered in our living rooms with, with family members right now, or, or we're gathered together with other people that are um, worshiping online with us. We're in a sense of community. It may not look like what we've ever experienced before, but yet we are in a community. It's important that, you know, if you're in a small group, that, that you're in a small group together. That's community. And you can do that through Zoom meetings or all kinds of different ways that our technology allows us to still get together in community. We may not be able to be together physically, but yet we can still be together by seeing each other through our screens, our computers, our phones, through text messages. Community matters. See, community matters because it was when, during these times of uncertainty that the disciples pulled together. In our reading today, we, we learned that this is that now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12 disciples, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So here we are. Let's go back a little bit. We go back to last week's message. We understand that uh, Jesus had this encounter on the road to Emmaus with two disciples. And now Jesus comes and those two disciples from back to Jerusalem, they go and they tell the other disciples in that room that they were locked in because they were fearful of what was going to happen to them if they, they were out wandering. And so they, they kind of stay locked together in a room. And Jesus appears to them, all of them, except for Thomas. Thomas wasn't present. And there was in that community that, that Jesus, when he sees those disciples gathered there, uh, minus Thomas, the first words that Jesus says to them is, peace be with you. You see, it was in that sense of community that Jesus came and he said, peace be with you. And peace was delivered. See, it's important that we that we uh, that we have community. Community matters. That means finding a church, being part of a church. That means being part of a body of believers that believe the same way that that, that you believe in the in the faith of Jesus Christ. That's what makes up church. It's not the physical building. It's the people around that, that enter that building together with that common belief that makes the church. And when we are gathered like this in these, these moments and these times, we are gathered as a community. It's important that we don't isolate ourselves completely. We might have to socially distance, but that doesn't mean isolate ourselves. Because, see, Jesus is trying to tell us that he's going to show up when we're in community. It's also to understand that, that through this passage of Scripture that we can understand that Jesus is God. Thomas points it out in, in, in verse 26 through 7. It says, a week later, his disciples were in the house again. And this time, Thomas was with them. This time, Thomas was with them. And, and through the door, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out and put your hand in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Now, here's the key part of this, because knowing that Jesus is God, Thomas saw this happen, and he says to this, My Lord, my God. My Lord, my God. Thomas says to, to there, he identifies Jesus not only as Lord, but yet as God. You see, Jesus 
is God. Where is Jesus? Where is God? They're together. They're in community. And, and, and finally this, it's important to realize this. When we're dealing with times of uncertainty and doubt, it's important to, for us to understand from this story that Jesus has a message for you and for me. This is so important because it goes back to our beginning illustration of seeing as believing. You see, Thomas believed because he saw, and the disciples got had the, 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 the satisfaction or the, the, the joy of being able to see Jesus in, in their presence um, at this time. But yet Jesus says this. He says, then he told this to Thomas. He said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. See, Jesus is talking about you and me. He's talking about us right now. He refers to us back into a prayer in, in John chapter 17. I really encourage you to go back and read through these, these chapters in the book of John. But he talks, he prays about for us, those that have not yet come, that he that they will have the story in, of, of salvation to them. And, and here we see that yet, while Thomas and the disciples are blessed because they saw and they believed, in some translations, it says we're more blessed. We are more blessed for believing, yet not seeing. You see, during these times of uncertainty and doubt, as everything's changing around us, it's okay to be uncertain. It's okay to, you know, to maybe wrestle with doubt a little bit, but yet we need to quickly correct ourselves and say, you know what, if we put our trust in Jesus, everything is going to be okay. We don't need to live by the life of science experience to see everything come proof to believe this. We can believe by faith. Because remember, it says that with 1% of doubt equals 0% faith. And, and what faith is, 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 is action. It's believing without seeing. See, what is this that we're supposed to believe? The answer was in the earlier part of that Gospel of John is this, is that when Jesus said, um, he said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him because you have seen him. What we're supposed to believe is that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the way to get through this time as we change. Jesus is the way that we will navigate these seasons of uncertainty and doubt. He will provide us the way. He will guide us through these times. It's important for us to memorize this verse this week, to kind of focus in on it, because it is so much as a reminder that Jesus is going to see us through, through these times of doubt, is that then Jesus told them, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have, have not seen, yet believed, in John 29. I mean, 20, 29. It's important for us to memorize this verse today. And Jesus had told them, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those. Blessed are those, you and me, who have, have not seen yet have believed. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for this day. We're grateful for this time that we've been able to gather and worship the Lord. As everything's changing around us and everything has changed and it won't go back to what we once knew, Lord, let us uh, settle these feelings of doubt and uncertainty and put our trust in you, God. 
Lord, let us have that strong faith that we don't have to believe by seeing, Lord, that we can believe because we know you are God and you are who you say you are. Maybe you're here today and maybe you haven't ever entered that relationship with Jesus. You don't have that relationship with Jesus, so it's hard to, to navigate this times of doubt. And you can enter in that relationship with him today by saying, you know, Lord, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he is who he says he is. I believe that he's the way. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and that he raised from the dead three days later. I believe that the experiences that the disciples are having um, are true because of who Jesus is. I accept him as my Savior. And you'd say that and you could just lay it down and, and, and that you've experienced the moment of salvation. Maybe you need to surrender your doubt. Maybe you need to dive in deeper with this relationship. You believe Jesus is your Lord and Savior, but yet, just like the disciples who walk this path, maybe you're like Thomas and you've had this little twinge of doubt. I'm here to tell you today, just like Jesus told Thomas, he said, blessed are those who believed have not yet seen. So let's settle our doubt. Let's lay it down with him today. It's okay for us to have questions. It's okay to have moments of uncertainty, but it's not okay for us to doubt. It's really not okay for us to doubt. We really, if we're doubting, then we don't have the faith in that Jesus is going to, us through. You got to remember that despite everything that's going on in our world, God's in control. God's in control.
awesome service today and what's made it even better is that you've been with us. And remember to memorize our memory verse for this week from John chapter 20, verse 29, which says, Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So get your whole family involved and have some fun with it. And speaking of families, be sure to tune in to SalemFields.com slash live at 1020 every Sunday for a special kids ministry program followed by a special youth ministry program at 1035. And we really want to connect with you. We really want to connect with you or stay connected with you in this time. So be sure to stay tuned to our Facebook and Instagram news feeds, as well as the website and the weekly e-news that we send out. There's lots of great events for youth, for kids, for adults all week long. And remember that Monday at 2 p.m., we're going to be having our deeper dive into the week's sermon on Facebook Live. And you can email your questions to care at SalemFields.com. And also this Wednesday, Wednesday, April 29th, we want to invite invite you to join us to show thanks to the many medical personnel and volunteers at Spotsylvania Regional Hospital and what we're calling a superhero snack parade, superhero snack parade. We want you to decorate your cars, make signs, even dress up maybe with like some superhero gear. And we're also going to be collecting some prepackaged snack items and bottled water and sodas for the many staff and volunteers at the hospital. And you can also write or make cards that we'll distribute to them. We're going to have a collection box at the end of our route. So this is on Wednesday, April 29th. Meet in the Coles parking lot in Cosner's Corner at 1.45 p.m. for a 2 p.m. departure. And also back by popular demand on Friday, May 1st, is our second teen trivia night, also known as Quarren Trivia, that we're going to be having by Zoom starting at 6.45 p.m. And more details can be found on our Facebook page and also in our e-news for that. And any all prayer needs or any needs that you have, please email us at care at salemfields.com anytime and know that we're here for you. So God bless y'all, be safe, and we hope to see you again next week, if not before.